turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Let's all stand together if you would, as soon as you find Matthew 10. <clears throat> and we'll read verses 34 through 38. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let him look on with you. Beginning in Matthew 10, verse 34. The Bible says, uh, Jesus said, in the Bible, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Let's bow for prayer. Father, as we look into your word this afternoon, I pray, Lord, that you would challenge our hearts to look and see, are, are we truly disciples of Jesus Christ? We can say that we follow him. We can say we believe on you. But it's another thing to fulfill the requirements for following and for discipleship. So God, we pray that you would work on our hearts and remind us of the calling that we have of you to pick up our cross and to follow you. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. I want to focus on particularly on that, uh, that, that last verse that we read that Verses prior to that just simply say that uh, it, the Christian life is not necessarily a walk in the park and that there is going to be some opposition. You know, there's some, some of these silly, syrupy, sappy songs that I hear that, that are called, supposedly Christian songs that talk about give all your toys to Jesus. Well, I don't really think I have a whole lot of toys left uh, to give to them. Uh, now that I've now that I've become a man, I hope I put away some of those childish things. But uh, you know, give your toys, and everything will turn. Everything will turn to roses. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And Jesus did not say that when he was addressing, uh, when he's addressing his disciples. He said, "Listen, if you want to be a disciple, it's going to get rough." Uh, there's going to be friction. There's going to be opposition. You're going to have problems in your own homes uh, because you will take a stand for what's right and not everyone will want to go along with you. But, but then he culminated the whole thing in verse 38 where he said, he that, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now he repeats that, that uh, command four other times in the, in the Gospels. In Matthew 16, 24, he says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mark 8, 34, And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Uh, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
daily. That's an everyday thing. And follow me. And then last of all, Luke 14, 27, and whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I want to take a look this, this afternoon briefly the, the, at the, the command for us to take up our cross and follow him. This is, this is something that is a command. It's commanded for anyone who wants to be a disciple of Christ, anyone who wants to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't follow him if you don't pick up your cross and do so. I find it interesting that that, that that basic command is listed five times in the gospel. Five times is the number of death in the Bible. And the, num the, the, uh, uh, the thing that Christ is asking us to do uh, in picking up our cross is to, to die to self. Now, what was the, what was the cross in, in Jesus' day? It was an instrument of reproach. It was an instrument of shame and of death for criminals. And Christ was despised. He was rejected. He was humiliated. And, and he, that, that all took place because it was necessary in order for not only for Scripture to be fulfilled, but for him to fulfill the task that he was about to accomplish. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says he endured the cross, despising the shame. Uh, Mark 15, 28 says, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And of course, that's the reason why uh, he ended up on, on the cross. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8 talks about two things. It says that he made himself of no reputation. And then it says he became in the form of a servant. All part of the process. And the, the culmination of that was when he went to the cross and died for our sins. He took up his cross. He carried his cross. And then he was nailed to the cross so that we might have forgiveness of sins. Now, what does it mean today to, to take up our cross? Taking up our cross has to do with openly confessing Christ, uh, standing for Christ, living for Christ, being willing to obey him uh, in spite of shame and suffering and reproach and embarrassment and any other repercussions that we might, might, might get for, for following him. It, and and the, really the bottom line on the thing is to die daily to self. Uh, if you'll notice in those commands, before he says, take up your cross and follow me, he says, deny yourself and then take up your cross. It's impossible to take up your cross if you don't first deny yourself. And the, those two things really are integrally hooked together. Jesus made taking up the cross, taking up our cross, and an absolute essential for following him and for being a disciple. You can't be a disciple without it. Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse verse twelve says, "Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." Now I realize, at least so far. In this country, there hasn't been a lot of, in my lifetime, persecution for standing for right in the, in the form of what we normally think of when we think of persecution. We think of people being jailed. We think of people uh, being uh, uh, tormented uh, of uh, dying for their faith. 
But there has been persecution. There's been people that have suffered for taking a stand for Christ. They may have suffered within their family. I, I, know, I know families that to this day have basically disowned a member of their family because they got saved. Now, I'm thankful that didn't happen in my family, but I know of families where that happened. And, uh, and they, uh, I remember one, one Jewish fella got saved and he came back home during one of the holidays. He was in Bible college to, to train for the ministry, he knocked on the door and uh, his father came to the door and didn't open it. And he said, who is it? And the, the man identified himself and says, dad, it's me. He, he says, I'm your son. And he says, no, I don't have a son. He said, what do you mean you don't have a son? It's me, your son. And he said his name. He says, no, he says, my son died a couple of years ago. And what he's referring to is when he trusted Christ as Savior. I mean, that, that kind of stuff is real. And, and it's, it's going on today. And, and persecution, according to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, is just simply the infliction of pain, punishment, or death upon others unjustly, particularly for adhering to a religious creed or mode of worship, either by way of penalty or for compelling them to renounce their principles. Uh, we talked about, uh, was about two weeks ago, I think it was, there was a, a pastor from Canada that came down here. He, he, was, he was being persecuted uh, by the government in, in his country. He came down here and had uh, some sort of an open prayer meeting. Uh, and uh, uh, a bunch of folks came around with bear spray and sprayed the, the adults, sprayed the children. I mean, took little kids and peppered them with bear spray. Um, and and uh, and so forth. That that I you know that doesn't normally happen in this country. I think it's going to begin to escalate, and we need to be prepared, and we need to have a, a, the the heart attitude and the mental attitude that uh, we'll do whatever it takes in order to take a stand for Jesus Christ. the The average Christian today is not concerned with. Uh, with taking up a cross, what the average Christian, unfortunately, today is 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 hooked up or is encompassed by, is uh, the idea of acceptance, uh, and we're we're concerned about whether or not we please others. What we need to be is we need to be concerned first and foremost about pleasing God, and taking a stand for God, and doing that which which honors God, uh, and and you can see. You can see this attitude in Christianity today, and I'm talking about particularly in the United States, but you see it in Christianity, and it's evident by how quickly people are offended and how quickly people are hurt. Uh, if a person's picking up their cross daily and following Jesus Christ, you're going to have a hard time offending that person. You're going to have a hard time uh, getting them to have hurt feelings. Uh, and, and, and the reason why is, is because they've already got the mental attitude that, listen, I'm, I'll take whatever I have to take in order to serve Jesus Christ and in order to honor him in my life. And uh, Mark chapter uh, 4 and verse 17 says, uh, and you're talking about the, the seed that was sown, the seeds, the word of God, it says, and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. 
Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, uh, immediately they are offended. Now, people today are, are offended for, for a whole lot less than that. And it's because we don't have that mental attitude of picking up our cross and following him. Uh, if, you're, if you're not dead to self, it takes nothing much to offend you. If you are dead to self, you will not be easily offended. And, and what, the, what the bottom line is, what the, what the problem is, is that uh, this, it's a love of self rather than a love of God. And if we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, we'll have that resolve of doing whatever it takes in, in order to, to take a stand for him. Uh, pain, humiliation, reproach, suffering unjustly, that's all part of, our, of, of picking up our cross. And what it is, is it's an it's a, a identification with Jesus Christ. He took up his cross for us. We need to take up our cross for him. Now, this has nothing to do with, with getting salvation. Uh, you don't pick up your cross in order to get saved. He did all that on his cross. What we pick up our cross for is in order to serve him. So what, is it, what does it mean? What are some practical applications of picking up our cross daily and following him? Let me give you just, a, and I'm going to go through these fairly quickly because um, I want to get you while you're still awake, okay? Uh, <laughs> first off, to, to take up our cross daily and follow him means to have our lives consumed and used up for God and others, whether others appreciate it or not. Now, God always appreciates it. God always smiles when we do right, but people don't always do that. Uh, and you need to have a resolve. If you're going to pick up your cross, you're going to do right whether people like it or not. And, and sometimes that means being kind to people that will not be kind back to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15 Paul said about the church at Corinth, and this is his second letter. I mean, the first letter, he just ripped them. I mean, ripped them up one side and down the other. The second letter was, was less of a rip, but he made an astounding uh, statement, I think it was anyway, at, uh, in chapter 12 and verse 15 of 2 Corinthians. He said, the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Ugh. In other words, the more I put out for you, the more you kick me, <laughs> the, more you, the, the less you love me. Uh, but you know what? That didn't stop him. Uh, he, he was not concerned about whether or not they responded right. He knew what he needed to do, and he was willing to do it, and that was part of his cross. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't gripe about them. He didn't, he didn't uh, let that stop him. You know, you've heard me say this often, nobody can stop your love for somebody but you. And that's so true. Uh, nobody can stop your love for somebody else but you. You're the only one who can do the stopping. Um, was, was, was the spending of Christ's life appreciated? Of course it wasn't. And the majority of, of people today, uh, you know, really uh, either ignore Jesus Christ or disdain Jesus Christ. Uh, use him. I, when I was growing up, uh, I heard the name of Christ a lot in my home, but it wasn't in a good way. 
it was, it was done as a swear word. And I can remember after I got saved, I, I said something to my dad. I probably didn't say it in the right way. I probably wasn't as respectful as I should have been. But uh, I, told, I told my dad that I really didn't appreciate him using the Lord's name like that. And boy, he, he got upset. He got mad, with, mad at me. And I don't, I don't really believe that he said he might have cut back a little bit, but he, he never really stopped. Um, that is the attitude that the world has toward Christ. Why should we expect to receive anything less ourselves if we're going to live for him? Uh, most of, of our love and effort uh, will we'll con- we'll only continue, uh, it'll often continue unappreciated, and if we're not careful, we'll stop it because it isn't appreciated, and that, that ought not to be. Another thing about taking up our cross, to take up your cross means to be joyfully willing to be weakened for Christ's glory. In other words, if, if uh, Christ wants to weaken you physically, or if he wants to take away your job, if he wants to uh, cause you to be in an accident, if he wants to take away someone or something that is dear to your heart so that uh, he can get the honor and glory in the end, are you willing to go through that? Apostle Paul, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when he got that thorn in the flesh, he asked God three times to take it. And God told him, no, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. My, uh, my strength will make, be made perfect in weakness. He said, th- this was Paul's response, most gladly, therefore. Not reluctantly, not resigned, you know, I, I'm not resigned to, but most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, look, I know. If I respond properly when I'm made weaker, I'll actually be made stronger spiritually. And those, those, spirit, those physical weaknesses that God allows me to go through are so I can get stronger spiritually. Another thing that, that uh, the taking up your cross involves, obeying commands that we would not have chosen. Um, you know, you, you look at Christ and you look at when he went to the garden and he prayed and he said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I do not believe for five seconds that was talking about the cross because he didn't say cross, he said cup. And that cup was the wrath of God that was poured out upon him. The, 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 that cup of wrath is what caused him to cry out on the cross and say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was not looking forward to that. Uh, in fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says he despised the shame. Not, not tolerated, despised it, he hated it, but he was willing to do it because he loved the Father and he loved us and he knew that was necessary. And, and so it's necessary for us to have that same attitude, to obey commands that we would not necessarily have chosen. That doesn't mean that you've always got to enjoy them but you need to do them and do them with a proper attitude. Um, it was over 15 years ago. I remember hearing a story in the news. This was back when the whole LGBTQRSVWXYZ was uh, coming along. And uh, it was just starting to gain momentum. 
There was somebody over, in, uh, a man that was working over at Kodak, and I believe it was through an email. He, uh, he, he, he was told that he had to celebrate diversity. Well, what, what they were really meaning was, you need to celebrate perversion. And he looked at that email and he said, I'll not do it. And he wrote back, and, and from what I understand, I didn't see the email, but from what I understand, he wrote a, a kind letter, but a very, very strong, definitive letter saying, look, I'm, you know, I am not doing this. He lost his job over it. He lost his job. I don't know if he was saved or not. I have no idea. But that's, that's the kind of thing that God expects from us who are saved. There'll be times when you might not want to make the stand, but you're willing to do whatever is necessary. And, and you think, you think about it, and that's why the Lord said, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And the mind that was in Christ Jesus was, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That was not something that was enjoyable, but he was willing to do it. And, and that's what taking our cross means, being willing to do whatever God asks us to do, regardless of what it is. Another thing it means to, to take up the cross is to uh, face public mocking and ridicule um, and, and to react properly. Take your Bibles and turn uh, to Matthew chapter 5. You're in Matthew anyway. Just go over a few. Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew 5, this is Sermon on the Mount. Look at verses... Uh, 11 and 12. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. And that's the response. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. I uh, believe it's at the end of Acts chapter 5. Uh, the, the disciples got a stone because they were, they were naming the name of Christ and they were told not to. And it says they rejoiced over the whole thing. The, their, their, their response was that they were happy to be able to suffer for his sake. And that's, and that's exactly what it means to be willing to take up your cross. Another thing it means is to be rejected by those you've loved and served and, and again, be willing to allow that to happen and take it with a good attitude. Go to, go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, and look down with me in verses 42 and 43. John 12, 42 and 43. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And that, that really, that's one of the issues we have to face. Which would we rather do? Would we rather please men or would we rather play, please God? If we, get, if we get God's praise, but we lose the praise of, of men, Will that be all right? And, and it, it needs to be so that we can pick up our cross. That's part of picking up our cross and, and following him. Another thing that, that taking up our cross means, means to have your motives and actions 
misjudged. You, if you go over to Matthew 12, you find that Jesus was accused when he cast out devils. He was accused of casting out those devils in the name of Beelzebub or in the power of Beelzebub. And, and that was not the case. He was, he was uh, uh, misunderstood, not only misunderstood, but he was maligned and he was lied about over and over again. Uh, you go over to the Old Testament, to 1 Samuel 17, where David's father, Jesse, sends him to his brothers who are uh, in the process of battling the Philistines. <clears throat> he, he, sends, he sends him to, to send some supplies to his, to his brothers. And when he gets there, he, he sees what the giant is doing. He's coming out and he's cursing the God of Israel and he's <clears throat> taunting the Israelites day after day. So send me a man to fight. And uh, uh, David you know, speaks up and he says, how come there's no one that will go up against this uncircumcised Philistine? And his brother Eliab approaches him and he says this, he says, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Well, that was totally untrue. That, that wasn't the case at all, which obviously bears out itself at the end. But, uh, but, but and, and his response to that whole thing was just simply, is there not a cause? Uh, but, uh, but Eliab said, well, I, I know your pride. I know the naughtiness. No, he doesn't know anything about his heart. And, uh, uh, but yet he was willing to take that rebuke. He was willing to take that abuse because he was also wanting to stand for right and take a stand for the God of Israel. Another thing that, that taking up your cross involves is experiencing pain, hunger, and discomfort. Uh, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. Second Corinthians 11, look with me, beginning in verse uh, 24. Second Corinthians 11, 24 says, Paul is, Paul is uh, uh, giving an account of the various oppositions that he was up against and the things that happened to him. And in verse 24, he says, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. So five times he got thirty-nine stripes. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Uh, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the, by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in, in weariness, in painfulness, in, in uh, watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my, my uh, infirmities. In other words, he, he said, listen, I went through all that, but I did that, I, I didn't do that for you, I did that for Jesus Christ. And he's not complaining here. 
He's just simply saying, this, this is my level of dedication. I'm willing to go through whatever it takes in order to take a, a stand for Christ. Uh, another aspect of, of picking up our cross is to, to, to watch, and we've seen this over 30 years, and this has been rough, to watch others that you care about leave you. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2. This is hard. And, you know, I, I watched it for 15 years in, in uh, Green Bay, I, almost 15. I watched it for three and a half years over in Yorkshire. Uh, I've seen it here on and off over the last 30 years. And um, 1 John chapter 2 And look down with me, verse 19. 2.19. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah, chapter 2, verse 19. It says, they went out from us. These are some folks that were with them for some period of time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Uh, that's hard. That's difficult. It would, I, you know, honestly, except for maybe a handful of exceptions, uh, I, I don't like people. I don't like to see anybody go out the door. Um, our, our, our oldest son, Joel, who's missionary to Brazil now, um, he watched that over and over and over again. And I felt for him as a kid. Um, when we were in Green Bay, he would get close. He got close to a, 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 a fellow, and then his father did something in the church and uh, ended up leaving the church, and so he lost that friend. He got another buddy, and uh, uh, they got real close. And then his father uh, took work out in another state, and so they picked up and moved, so he lost another. And he just watched that happen over and over and over again. We go to Yorkshire for three and a half years, and because he, was a, because he was a preacher's son, nobody liked him. Nobody wanted to be around him. He just didn't really have any friends. I'll tell you, he thought he died and went to teen heaven when he came here. He did. Um, some of you were a real friend to Joel, and I'll, 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 I'll never forget you for that. I'll never, never forget you for that. But he, you know, and it was, it was hard for him. Uh, now, he's over in Brazil, kind of on his own. Okay, well, you know what the, all that other stuff was? It was training. It's just training. And at least now he's got a family, you know, that, and he's got, he's got some faithful church people now that, uh, that, are, that are coming to his side and, and wanting to stand and, and uh, hold, the, hold, the, hold the rope together. And, uh, and that's a blessing. But yeah, it, it, part, of, part of bearing your cross is watching that stuff happen. Another part of bearing your cross is to lose position and lose reputation for Christ. Paul did that. When he got saved, he, he, lost, he lost a tremendous salary. Uh, he lost a lot of friends. He lost a lot of things. But he was willing to do that because he knew that he needed to do that in order to stand for Christ. Uh, another thing that it involves is, is uh, having your words distorted. 
and, and used against you. Take, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And as I'm think, look, looking at that, okay, yeah, Second Timothy chapter two, verses two and three says, "And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also." In other words, we're supposed to pass on what we what we know to others. Notice the next verse. You know, you, you look at that and you say, oh, that's a, that's a blessing, that's discipleship. But the next verse tells you a lot about what you go through in order to do that. Verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Uh, you're going to have people that are going to say things about you that are not true. Uh, they're, they're going to twist things. They're going to they're pervert things. Uh, and you, you need to be willing to have that happen for Jesus Christ. That's part of, that's part of taking up your cross. Go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and look in verse 10 with me. 2 Timothy 3.10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at, at, at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Notice it says, you have fully known. When you, when you decide to live for Christ, you know, what you, you know what you're doing? When you take up your cross, you're living in a fishbowl. Uh, you know, folks, folks start watching you. They start observing you. And uh, you have no privacy. And your every act is oftentimes scrutinized. But you need to be willing to do that because you're not doing it for others. You're doing it for the Lord Jesus. Um, picking up your cross ha has to do with uh, being compared oftentimes uh, with those who willfully do wrong. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 3 and look down verse 16. 1 Peter 3, 16. It says, Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, in other words, they're saying you're a rotten guy, they may, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Now, what that means is, in other words, you have, you have an impeccable testimony and you're not guilty of any things that they say, and they might be ashamed eventually, but... Honestly, the other side of the coin is they may not blush a bit. They may not care. In fact, they may en might enjoy lying about you. How do you take it? Well, if you, again, if you love self more than you love God, you'll get offended. You'll get hurt. But if you're willing to take up your cross, you'll take it. And you'll take it with the right spirit and with the, with the, with the right attitude. Um, Taking up your cross and following him uh, involves being willing to suffer grief that nobody understands and to do it alone. And, and sometimes it feels like you're all alone. Now I realize the Bible says 
that God says he'll never leave a Christian and he'll never forsake us. And I'm thankful for that. But, but you look at, you look at uh, Christ on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, that was all necessary in order to go through the process. Sometimes it's necessary. Uh, when Job was going through his trial, God did not give him any information. That was a necessary part of the process, and we need to be willing to go through that process. Uh, picking up our cross and following him means to oftentimes to miss out on enjoyment of a, of a normal, regular life. Uh, take your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark 10. And in Mark 10, look in verses 28 through 30 with me. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. It says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, uh, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come, eternal life. Uh, what, he's, what he's saying there is that you'll receive a reward. It just might not be here. It might be in heaven. Uh, but but uh, be willing to not live a normal, and by the way, following Christ is not a normal life. <laughs> it just isn't. It's, and when I mean by not a normal life, it's not the average life uh, in, in America. It's different, but it's, it's, it's one that's, that's lived and given totally to him. And then the last thing I want us to look at, go to, go to uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, one of the things that it means when God tells us to pick up our cross, if you think about it, when Christ was on the cross, what did he do to defend himself? Before, when he was in the trial, how did he defend himself? He didn't. There was oftentimes when he was asked questions, he just wouldn't answer them because He'd already answered that question over and over again in life. He just didn't do it. Um, when uh, they plucked up off his beard, he didn't offer resistance. When they put that crown of thorns on his head, there's no indication in Scripture that he wiggled around and that he, that he tried to avoid it. Um, it tells us that, uh, he tell, tells us that he laid down his life. That means when they took the cross and they laid it on the ground and they put Christ, had Christ lie on the, that cross and he took his hand, nobody had to grab his hand nobody had to hold his hand he put his hand on there and said okay go ahead he did the same thing with the other hand, he did the same thing with his feet um, he refused to defend himself and if you look at me in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, 
but rather give place unto wrath. For it, it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. If you, if you pick up your cross, uh, you, you're, you're not going to be able to defend yourself. Uh, you're not going to be able to, to stand on your own behalf necessarily. There's times when God's just going to ask you, just go ahead and take it. Just take it. Why? Because vengeance is his. It's not, it's, it, it's, it's, not, it's not your position to stand in a position of vengeance. Um, here just, just recently, uh, a year ago, April, I looked it up. It was a year ago, April. Um, our governor stood up. Or actually, I think he did it when he was sitting down. But uh, he, he said, he said, we flatten the curve. And he, he made it very clear. He said, God didn't do it. We did it. Let me ask you something. Who's the governor of New York State right now? <laughs> you know what? If I was Kathy Hochul, I'd be very careful about what I said about God. <laughs> I'd be very, very careful. And you know what? And when he said that, I thought, uh-oh, something's going You realize how far he fell and how fast? He was being looked at at that time as a, a candidate for president. He had written a book. There were, uh, he had gotten an Emmy. By the way, that's been taken away, I understand, too. Um, it, he went from favored son to big-time schmuck is what he, what he went to. Um, he felt, you know who did, can I tell you who did that? We did not do that. God did that. And I don't say that with any, with any glee, but I, I will say this, that God is a faithful avenger. He'll do a whole lot better job of defending you than you'll ever do. And uh, what's, a, what's our job? Well, look at verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And you know, when you're doing that, you're not going to necessarily be appreciated for it. In fact, you, they might hate you even more because you do good to them. That's part of your cross. Bearing our cross simply means to die to self and be willing to, to pay whatever price is necessary in order to serve God. What's, what's the result? Well, the result is you'll bear much fruit. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about this, this cross-bearing thing is that the crosses will vary. And don't you ever compare your cross to somebody else's. Uh, Bible says comparing themselves among themselves that were not wise. And who he was speaking to when, when he said that was the Corinthian church. And they, they were doing a lot of that comparing stuff. But, but it says comparing themselves among themselves that were not wise. Why? Because God's going to give you a different cross that he's going to give somebody else. In fact, God will give a husband a different cross he gives a wife. He'll give a wife one different than he gives another wife. He'll give a, uh, a, a brother a different cross than he'll give a sister. Um, he'll give me a cross that's different than the cross that you have. Uh, that's not ours to choose. God chooses that for us. But the, but the question is, are you willing and are you taking up your cross daily and following him? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful for the plainness of the word of God and how that you, you tell us that if we don't deny ourselves, if we don't pick up the cross that you've got for us, it's got our name on it. It doesn't have anybody else's name on it, just ours. 
And if, if we don't take up our cross, deny ourselves, take up the cross that you've got for us, we can't follow you. We can't be our, your disciple. We can say that we love the Lord. We can say that we're following you, but we're not. If we're not willing to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow you. Lord, deal with our hearts this afternoon. The whole, the whole issue of picking up a cross is a heart issue. If we're just willing to do whatever it takes to please you, our problem is we love ourselves too much. Our problem is we like the approval of others too much. And we, we need to be more concerned about the approvals that we get from God and the, the pleasure that we give to you when we obey. Father, we pray you bless this invitation. Speak to our hearts and, and Lord, may, may decisions be made this afternoon to be willing to pick up the cross. Now, Lord, I, I know because of the, because of how you dealt with me in the past, nobody should make that, that decision and take it lightly. No one should do it flippantly. And I pray that there'd be folks that be at the altar this afternoon that'll just say, Lord, I'm, I'm willing to take whatever cross you give me, as long as it pleases you, as long as you're honored and glorified, I'm willing to deny myself, take up my cross and follow you. Deal with our hearts today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.